This is the third and 30 podcast, a coach's podcast where we believe opportunity is everything. My name is Coach Praveen Manchpragada, and I'm joined alongside Coach Jason Chaddock. And thank you so much for joining us here on third and 30. We are very happy to have you on. Be sure to check us out at third and 30 podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Episode six, Coach Chaddock, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling good, Coach. It's exciting to be here again with you and, you know, get the opportunity to, you know, put together a little bit different of a show for our audience today and, and really give give our perspective as to what the last couple months have looked like uh, through the interview processes and having all these amazing guests on and the feedback you and I have received for the show has been amazing and the the continued support from, from people and, and what we hear from our guests and what we hear from you know, people, people were, we're getting to know outside in the community as a part of the show. It's been rewarding and it definitely shows me that we're going in the right direction with this show. And I'm feeling great about that. I'm excited to be here with you today and looking forward to getting this party kicked off. My, my favorite part, I think of this entire process has, and it's been quite the, the roller coaster, even just preparing this podcast, getting it going, the, the stuff we've had to deal with putting even as the podcast has begun um, and get, you know, having to, you know, sometimes we have guests um, unable to show up. So then we have to scramble, find a new one. And, and those guests have come through and, and we've been able to put together a show. But my favorite part about the whole thing is how much I think we have learned um, throughout this whole process. You know, our, our, our goal is to teach you the listener and to get you, motivated and get you inspired by whatever it is your passion that whatever it is you want to go after and you know i think for us we're we're also trying to gain that every single day of our lives and that's why we're doing this podcast we also listen to other similar types of podcasts um to continue that learning process so i think my favorite part has been has been learning and it's been a it's been a true privilege to to talk to some of the people we've 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 talked to and and to really uh, dive into some uh, pretty important stuff in in life and and in athletics and in academics so whatever your field is so um, you know but we're constantly thrown with adversities and when we first started talking about doing this show coach it was at a point where we were going to be in the same studio together and we were going to have guests in the studio and. All of a sudden, we have to stay at home, and we're quarantined, and we never lost track of our sight. And we, like I mentioned before, sometimes we, we, we you know, we try to like we like to stay planned. We like to stay ahead of the game. And sometimes, as it gets closer to that game time, we have to call audibles. And it's been a a, a big, big uh, blessing to be able to come through on top in those situations. Even recently, coach. We've had a big, a big, a big uh, I wouldn't say adversity, but a big uh, change in our lives. And this has nothing to do with what we're dealing with in our world. And this was just had to do with the podcast. And we had to make a decision, well, you know, about life, about family, um, about our goals, and about our show itself. And Coach Chaddock, you are now reside in Ohio. And after being in Colorado... And many of you may not know that uh, because, you know, we do a good job hiding things. But um, 
all of a sudden, Coach Coach Chaddock is now in Ohio, and it's almost as if the quarantine was a blessing in disguise because we've been able to do every single show virtually and have it be successful. And we've been able to have coaches, I think, agree to be on the show partly because we're able to do this virtually. And now I think the move to Ohio for you for this show particularly has now given us a, an ability to really create this diversity in guests from all over the country. And you know, me being in Colorado, you being in Ohio, that's the middle of the country. And we got both sides to reach at to really bring in guests. And that's what we want to do is bring in voices and minds and leaders from all different parts of the country, from all different parts of the society and in their business and in their careers. So coach, I'll let you, I'll shut up now and let you talk more about this Ohio move, what it means for you, your family, and kind of um, the hurdles needed to jump through as we continue to um, bring on third and 30 for the people. Well, thank, thanks for that great intro and highlight of what's been going on. And, you know, you touch base on a great, great point earlier is we, we made the decision back in late March, early April, we almost decided let's pause on planning. And we, you and I had a meeting. We talked about, you know, what is the best? What's the best solution for this? And very quickly, neither one of us wanted to give up the idea. And the fact that we were meeting on a Zoom call, you, you and I started, I want the audience to know this because it's so important. We were brainstorming. This is before everybody started doing everything on either Teams or Zoom or Google Meets or Skype or things like that. This is everybody was starting to trend in that direction. And I'm talking business-wise, football-wise, everything-wise. And you and I had a, had a real important meeting that day talking about planning. And we were on a Zoom call. And all of a sudden, we just said, you know, wait a minute. Hang on. You told me to hang on a minute. You started plugging in all sorts of equipment. And you said, let me try this. Let me hit the record button. Let's see what this sounds like. <laughs> so, so, you know, you, you dabbled with a couple things. Then we decided to meet that Saturday. And we met that Saturday. And just for the heck of it, we, we started recording a couple things just to see what it was going to sound like. And then we discovered a couple of kinks that we didn't like. So then we, we got some equipment. And then tested everything again the next weekend. And lo and behold, we just we just said, you know, we can do this remote. We can keep doing this. If it wasn't for that moment in making the decision that we can keep doing it like this, this thing probably would have never taken off. And the reason I say that is early on in our experience, as we were kicking off the show, um, I had a, a really unique job opportunity come through for me. And... It was, it was, you know, dual fold. It was about being a parks and rec director at a place out here in Ohio. And in my previous role, I was serving as a recreation manager. So this was, this was that opportunity to take the next step up in my career. And I can't sit here and, and talk to people about having a drive, having, an, having a passion for what they do and going to reach their goals if I myself am not doing that same thing. You can't, you can't preach that to people. You can't educate people on that if you yourself as a leader aren't doing those same things. And in my particular case, since college, it was always, it was always a big goal of mine to become a Parks and Rec director. And that's, that's, you know, I went to school for that and studied and learned throughout my career and, and took advancement opportunities to work my way up. 
And in this particular COVID environment, uh, weirdly enough, there was a park and rec director position posted in the Cleveland area. And my wife and I, you know, we talked about it a lot. We prayed about it a lot. We, we were trying to figure out, is this the best opportunity? Did a lot of research, uh, went through the interview process and ultimately were offered a position. And, you know, and the ironic part to this is initially I had turned the position down. And that's the, the really interesting piece to this. Initially turned the position down, kind of came around again, had an opportunity to talk about it further. You and I were recording a show and we were diving into Drive. And we were specifically talking about our inspiration and, and encouraging people to be inspired and encouraging people to chase their, their dreams and have that passion. And I remember saying, I don't want people around me who aren't passionate about what they're doing. I want people who have a passion. I want people who are fighting for more. I want people who are trying to drive forward, pun intended there. And that was the conversation that we were having. And it was ironic when I hung up from that particular recording that we did. One of the first things I, I remember doing is going to talk to my wife right away, going to talk to my wife and say, hey, you know, I know we've really been reconsidering this opportunity. Here's what we were just talking about on the podcast. One thing led to another. And, you know, I, I reconnected with uh, the opportunity and talked about it further Then my wife and I went, went into it a little bit more and decided to accept the position so several several weeks ago uh, we i took the i took the move out here um, so i am back in cleveland right now and uh, started the job this last week so i've been in the job for one week now um, about a week and a half i've been coaching football at a new program out here at nordonia high school and working in the city of macedonia so it's been a really interesting whirlwind for the last and you and i have been going back for a month and a half about this and you know for our audience now they're hearing about it kind of for the first time and then it's we have we have opportunities in life and sometimes the opportunity presents itself in an awkward time fortunately for us with this podcast with learning how to do it remote it's it's not going to affect us at all and like you said it opens up a whole new realm for us of additional guests that we can have on the show. I'm fired up about it. And, and what I feel really good about is I have the opportunity to now not only talk about drive and talk about having a determination, having some inspiration. I can also talk about how I've implemented this in my life most recently. And we have to learn as a, <clears throat> as leaders, as a society, not to be afraid of opportunity but how do we embrace it? And how do we, how do we flip fear to faith in, in the journey forward? And how do we jump on board and take that journey? So my son and I, we took the trip out here um, about two weeks ago. Two weeks ago on a Sunday, we took the drive, made the whole drive in one day. How long is that drive, Coach? It was about 19 hours. Hear that? 19 hours straight. That's drive right there. <laughs> yeah, that is literal the definition of drive. And, and I'll throw this out there. I have a buddy. I, I think he listens to the to the podcast um, some, so I hope he hears this. So we're my son and I stop for gas and to get a sandwich. We jump in the car. We're driving my truck, and we're about uh, we're about forty five minutes from the lower Chicago area. We're cruising through, 
we're about you know five six hours from cleveland and my buddy my buddy sends me a message he's ready to talk we finish we finish our food real quick i'm about five and a half hours maybe five hours from cleveland my buddy calls me we have a lot to catch up on anyway and i figured i got nothing else to do for the next couple hours <laughs> well we end up talking for the next five hours on the phone so dude got me from chicago to cleveland uh, in the <laughs> while, while i was driving i mean we could have five podcast episodes there <laughs> So that, I'll tell you what, man. That that's being a friend. We that's gotta we gotta up. just always have the record button on for all situations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my message is simple. It is. I really had to listen to myself talk a little bit on that particular podcast about having inspiration and being passionate about what you're doing, and letting that passion drive you forward to 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 go for new opportunities when they arise. And I really had to take a big pause during that episode. I re-listened to the episode. And when I re-listened to it, it was after we made the decision to accept the job. And I'm telling you, Coach, as I sat there and listened to it, I thought, you know, we're, we're doing the right thing. This is a wonderful new opportunity. It's a new adventure for our family. It is a new chapter in our life. And also, it allows me to bring something with me from the past, not just my experience, but this podcast as well. And you and I have had some great conversations since then about how we can keep it going. So we feel very confident in that. And, you know, Coach Mario Price was on here, you know, several episodes back. And, you know, we talked about the next conference is supposed to be in Nashville. And I'll tell you, Nashville is a good drive from Cleveland. So I can make that drive again. You like how we're hitting this drive word today? <laughs> drive, drive in the literal term of driving a vehicle, but also finding that inspiration and the passion and the commitment and now it's about striving for excellence and that's that's really what my goal is now in my new role is how do we strive for excellence um ohio high school football is is something totally different and it's it's on a great platform uh ohio has great high school football i'm really excited to be here and be taking that adventure uh, with a great new program and uh, got a lot of good coaches, very intelligent coaches uh, who are passionate about the game of football and teaching kids. Uh, great group of kids to work with. So I'm really excited about this. A lot of adventure coming forward. And, you know, we're going to keep building this podcast as well and have a whole new realm of guests to bring on. So how, how do you not be excited about that? I'm yeah. ready. You know, and, and you, you, you know, thank you for sharing all that coach. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy for you and your family and, you know, from for you know personally, of course, I'm sad I won't be able to uh, to see your mug. Well, I'm seeing your mug right now. You know, on this doing this virtually, but um, I I'm 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 blessed that we're able to have to continue the show honestly, and you know we're lucky to live in a time where we can utilize this technology and utilize this communication platform to really to really thrive in 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 our in our environment and no matter where we are, and uh, we have not been in the studio once together for this show. And maybe one day we'll be able to, but that is not something we're focused on because we're able, you know this almost makes us better, and uh, I feel like sometimes we can we can get more done here. And I and, and you know what does it say about us? And I'm speaking specific, specifically you and me, Coach. If we preach this drive on every single show, we bring in guests on every single show. If we're not living that ourselves, and it goes twofold. It goes one with your career and your passion and and having um, 
you know, having the to be able to listen to yourself and to be able to let yourself go through, you know, how how do, how do I feel about this and what do I want? And then to have the support system from your wife, your significant other, your family, kids, parents, whatever it is to, to help you to help you guide and help you make that decision, whatever is best for you. And in the end, it's about passion, about what you dream. You wanted to be a director. You wanted to, you wanted this role and, and it came to you and yeah, you went back and forth about it. There's a lot of decisions that need to be made. You made the decision that's, that's, you know, I think um, best for you and your family and you're happier because of it. Your son gets to play football in Ohio. There's no problem with that. So um, right. I think it's a, uh, I think it's awesome for, for that, for personal reasons. And even for me, you know, I, 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 I run this uh, business called the Academy and, and it's, it's basically just to give kids in this area, Colorado, Northern Colorado, an opportunity to play football and to practice it, to train it, to think it, to breathe it, um, to drink it, to play it, everything. And um, there's just not much of that opportunity out here. So, you know, I created this business in the first year. We did great. And we had a big, big events coming for, for this year. And then, you know, unfortunately, the, the pandemic shut it down. And, um, you know, amongst other things that went down, uh, I think we kind of got lost in the rumble of, you know, sports aren't happening. So how can we get something happening? And I just continued to coach, you know, I, that, that didn't happen. And then we weren't able to really do football. And my, 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 my biggest thing was like, I got to be coached. I got, I got to continue to coach. And, um, luckily an opportunity rose that I could be a baseball coach uh, for the summer. And so I said, yeah. And that was a grind. You know, that was, if you live in Colorado, you know, it was a hot summer. So there were a lot of days spending outside coaching games and it's a developmental season. So you're not really winning a lot. And so that, that, that doesn't, you know, that, that comes and affects certain situations and affects the kids. It affects the coaches, families, whatever. And then you come out of it and you're like, all right, what now? And you got all these changes happening. And luckily I was blessed with an opportunity to, to uh, work with a football league and we're going to have them on in, in a few weeks as guests, but they want to work with, you know, my football academy to train kids. They have the competitive side. They want to work with us as the training side. And it, it almost, you know, when, when the going gets tough and I still wanted to coach and I still wanted to find ways to do it. You know, if I if it maybe if I had drowned out and just shut it down and didn't do anything because I didn't have a season, you know, COVID pandemic shut my business down for the summer. You know, that 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 might have just made me a different person. But I want I have this passion of coaching and I have this passion of wanting to help and impact. So I found a way to do it. And even when I thought that, oh, man, one year of a business, I'm gonna have to shut this down. An opportunity comes swirling again. And now it's just a whirlwind of things that could happen. And honestly, it's a big, big deal for, for, for the, for the Academy. So, you know, you just never know when you always just want to be ready, you know, and luckily I, I was mentally ready. You know, I might not be ready with dates and events and ready to go for what I want to have going for the Academy, but mentally I was ready for that opportunity. And it wasn't like I was expecting it, but when it came, I was ready. And because I'm always training myself to be ready for opportunities and what's our mantra here is opportunity is everything and when you get that opportunity be ready for it it's one thing to get it but then be ready for it and then second fault to this whole thing is is the podcast i think what really ultimately drove drove us to continue this podcast was our passion for this and our passion for wanting 
to impact and teach and inform you, the listener, the audience, and us, me and you, coach. We we want to learn too. We want to meet different people. We want to have deep, meaningful conversations that can impact others. And I think our guests have felt the same way. And and I think that that's part of the drive. You know, we have our passion for our careers and what we want to do in life. We have drive for our families, um, education, all that stuff. But you know, we also have drive for this show. And this isn't just a uh, a, a time killer. You know, this is something that we uh, embrace and we love, and we have uh, the utmost passion for. And I think that's huge um, for us to share, so you guys know where we're coming from, and you know what we have going on in our lives. Just a, just a small. Uh, microscopic look at what goes on in our lives, but it, it, it means a lot. Those little things grow into big things, and and it ends up uh, really shaping who we are. So, I think third and thirty is 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 almost therapeutic um, for us to really kind of clear our heads and to get the week going, get the month going, get whatever it is going, and um, that's why this week we're kind of switching away from the guest aspect for one show. And um, this might happen from time to time on 3rd and 30, and we might come in to recap. I think now is a more important time than ever to recap and kind of recollect what's going on, especially in the world and the times that we're living in during this pandemic. And and we wanted to highlight our guests, our five guests that we've had on the show, um, as well as talk about some of the things that's being changed and the differences now that you're in Ohio coach and I'm here in Colorado and kind of the differences in COVID. But, you know, we, we want to highlight our guests because they've been so uh, important to our success and important to our process of, of this drive. And every single one of these uh, leaders has drive in them. Um, But, uh, you know, I, I, I was really, you know, what stands out to me, about um, our most recent guest, which was a uh, coach Corey Tickner, head coach of Birth at High School football out here in Colorado. What really stuck stuck out to me was the opportunity that he was ready for. You know, he wasn't necessarily. I don't think he's ever been on a podcast before. I think that was his first, and man, he beat, hit it out the ballpark for one, and number two, we had to get him last minute, and. You were the one that kind of instrumented that and put it together, Coach Chaddock, and and he was excited for the opportunity. He wanted to be on it, and then let alone that, after we were done with the interview, he was even more stoked about the fact that he was on that interview, uh, on that conversation with us, and I think that was huge because he was ready for that opportunity for him, not really being on a podcast before, maybe not being interviewed too much. I Like I said, he seemed like a natural. And I think it's because he has trained himself every day to be a leader, to be an impactful person, to be ready to talk about these things because it's part of his life. It's not just something he does. It's who he is. And him being ready for that opportunity and bringing us an incredible show for that week and for all times. These shows are timeless, people. (laughs) I'll tell you this much. Please don't feel like you can't go back to X show because it's too far back. Every single one of these shows are timeless. You can listen to them at any time and have some sort of impact in what you're doing today. And that's what Coach Tickner brought to us. And, and that's what I took out of that big time was his ready, his readiness for that opportunity being on the show with us. And I, just, you know, I thank him again. It was a pleasure to have him on. 
I, I'm with you. And for me, one of the things that, that I really like to highlight with it is, yeah, we talk about opportunity as everything. And I know I've said before, uh, when opportunity presents itself, it's too late to prepare. That's one of the things I preach at work all the time. And what Coach Tickner, and I've had the privilege of working with him in the past, what I think he brings to the table that was evident is a passion for what he does, number one. And he has a clear vision of what he sees for his program and what he believes in in teaching student-athletes. And with that, you're able to talk at a moment's notice because when you have a clear vision on it, when you understand who you are as a leader and you understand who those around you are, even when you're building a program like he is right now, he's rebuilding the program. And I, I think it was evident to me that his passion he has for what he is doing, number one. And number two, the other thing is he has got a day-by-day vision in light of COVID. And, and let me be clear with you guys, because there's a vision you have for your program. That's, that's how you normally operate. The clear day-by-day vision of how you need to adjust and, and, and acclimate, if you will, to a changing COVID environment. And make no mistake about it, we're changing day-by-day. Even here in Ohio, we're changing things day-by-day right now. And I think that was clear and evident to me that he's making that adjustment and making it still part of his culture. And it's following the pathway that he believes in within the, the new standards that come out in an ever-changing environment. And of course, we'll dive into some of the, some of the new news out of Colorado this past week. Um, obviously, some major changes as far as uh, sports go. Um, but that was what really stood out to me is the clear passion he has for what he's doing. He's got the vision for the future. And he acknowledges we're changing things day by day. And here's the things I don't want to lose sight of. I don't want to lose sight of the communication and the development for the future and making sure that I'm there for student athletes. And that was pretty clear in his message. So I I was grateful to have him on. Um, Good buddy from several years of coaching with and and now, you know, a couple years now of of just knowing after we were both at the same school. Um, Dedicated to student athletes in the program. And we're, I'm excited to see how he develops that program over the next couple of years. We'll have to have him back on again and uh, down the road and talk about, you know, hey, where were you then? Where are you now? A before and after story, so to speak. So I'm excited about that for our future. And, you know, we're going to keep we're going to keep growing as as leaders. Uh, you know, Praveen, you and I, we're going to keep growing as leaders from having people like Coach Tickner on or from having people like Coach Cheever on. That was another great example. Uh, Coach Cheever. Uh, that, I, I got so many messages about that show. That was a so, that was probably the 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 deepest dive we've had in our our short lived podcast thus far. Um, I think uh, you know I had a couple of people ask me you know you, you didn't do a post post you know show you know like you normally do with your guests after we after we bring them on. I just we couldn't you know I think it was it was it was at a point where we just had to really end the show right then and it, it just let it sink in i mean there was a lot yeah. there was a lot of information to gather when you have an hour and a half podcast it's a lot of words it's a lot of information and you know i just i just 
I urge everyone that if they have a podcast they really like, I'm not even saying it has to be this one. If you have a podcast, you'll be like, listen to some of your favorite episodes again. They'll resonate with you that much more. Um, they'll make you understand that much more. The first time isn't enough. Um, and so, you know, if, if, if the Coach Cheever episode was one you enjoyed, really listen to that one again. There was so much information to unpack. The, to, to keep it short, we talked a lot about relationships and, 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 the, and the passion for relationships. And to understand that it, 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 it's a process, you have to build, it takes time, it takes effort, it doesn't just happen relationships, it, it, you have to work at them. And um, it's relationships with your family, it's relationships with your, your players, it's relationship with your, your coworkers, colleagues, subordinates, bosses, and it's not like relationships as to we're buddy-buddy, it's just having a relationship to where it's a respectful, trustworthy relationship, and then it can build from there. But it's it, you. It's a process, and you have to really um, take the time and effort. And Coach Cheever is one of the best at really building those relationships. And I really enjoyed having him on. But relationships with him really stuck out. Stuck out to me. Um, and a shout out to him for joining us. He is the head coach of the baseball team at Pooter High School here in Fort Collins, Colorado. Um, I've had the pleasure of working with him for the past couple of years. And when you coach summer ball. Uh, as well as spring ball, you spend a lot of time together because there's a lot of baseball games to be played. And so you spend a lot of time with each other, coaching staff, players. Um, and I really have been blessed to have built the relationship I have with Coach Cheever. He's a heck of a coach. And like you said, I'm excited to see where he's at a few years you know, even just a few months down the road, uh, he's also in a rebuilding process of trying to build a program from from ground up, and and uh, he's he's done an outstanding job so far. But um, yeah, that was that was a great one. That was probably the the d- deepest dive we did on third and thirty. I'm with you on that. I thought it was a spectacular show, and I got tons of feedback on that particular show. I had people texting me all week long about about that particular episode. And I'm with you on the relationship part. I thought that was really clutch what he covered in that. And the other part I felt really drawn to was um, his conversations about accountability and being open and honest with people about where they are. And the reason those those two things, the accountability and, and the honest dialogue about where someone is along with the relationships was so important to me, that is transcendent to the business world. Take that out of sports for a minute. Let me put it in context. In an organization, like take where I'm, you know, where I've been or where I'm going organizationally, we are not ever going to achieve excellence because excellence is a standard. It is a set standard of achievement over a lengthy period of time. It's not a one-hit wonder of we achieved a special award one time and then we rested on our laurels and let it all go. <laughs> excellence is an achievement over a period of time. It, it's creating that dynasty in sports. It's creating a business that year after year after year has successful returns, creates new programs, creates programs that a community gets impassioned about. To create that excellence, you have to have some key components. In business, you have to have communication. You have to have accountability and with your communication and accountability, you better have trust. And 
you know, so relationships, accountability, trust, and you have that communication. I mean, my goodness, that is the recipe. That's culture. That's what that's called. That's called culture. If you do not have culture, I don't care. I don't give a rip what your strategy is. I want you to hear this again. I don't give a rip what your strategy is if you don't have culture. Because I have been in organizations that lack culture. And yes, can they achieve some stuff? Sure. Can they can they make some accomplishments? Sure. Sustaining it and actually implementing what you achieve day after day, month after month, year after year is not attainable. And I've seen it. I've seen people go through processes of creating these awesome policies but then they don't have the culture to maintain them. And in six months, no one's actually following the new policy that we were, that you were so proud of and for the uh, making up and enforcing. Well, that's not achievement. Yeah. Congratulations. You wrote a piece of paper. <laughs> congratulations. You finished a piece of paper and turned it in. You know what that's called? That's called school. That's called school. You write a report, you turn it in, mm-hmm. you get a grade three months later you might remember 25% of what you wrote. That's called school. Okay. You learn how to learn. Remember we talked about that. You learn how to learn. Life is about building culture, establishing that in an organization, which is really what coach Cheever talked about a lot. And then having an accountability. Now we can focus on strategy, culture plus strategy equals outcomes. That's the magic formula. If you wanted the secret sauce, there it is. I just sold you the secret sauce. And guess what? You know what your price tag was on that secret sauce? Free. F-R-E-E. Free 99. Free 99? Free. Free 99. Oh, free 99. <laughs> um, no, that's, that's incredible. What, what, what I relate that to is almost people having it backwards. And I feel like that's what most people have is they, they think they need the strategy and, and the culture later. Um, and it's almost like there's almost a, 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 a an order, an order of operations here. You know, you need to have the culture, and then you can build your strategy. Um, and your strategy is developed while building your culture. That's the thing. Is well, I'm not creating yeah. strategy in my culture. No, no, no. It, it comes hand in hand. But with strategy only, you're not really building a stru- a culture. You know, you're just finding a way out of a situation or finding a way to you know you're you're um, just problem solving at that point which is good you want to problem solve but if you don't have a, a culture yeah. behind that how do you sustain it like you said I, I I equate that to respect and trust people have it backwards that you need I, you, I need to be respected number one first foremost I need to be respected how how can you be respected without any trust I think I can respect you coach. I can respectfully disagree with you. You know, I'm, I might not I might not be on the same page on a, on a certain topic. You know, I, I respect the heck out of you, coach, no matter what. But I disagree with you on that point. Trust is almost that, look, you know what you're talking about, and I'm willing to run through a wall for you blindly. And I'm not saying it's with ignorance. I'm just saying that I have built a trust that you know what you're talking about. I respect you from that trust i trust you you're not gonna you're not you're not gonna you're reliable you're gonna have my back you'll be on time you're gonna communicate with me when things are bad good whatever that's the idea i'm trying to trying to get across is with strategy and culture if you you can't expect respect without trust you gotta have trust first and i was like that when i was a kid i used to walk into a room and be like well you better know who i am and respect me 
Yeah, I mean, no one ever did. Really, maybe some did, but it didn't sustain. Because at some point, I would lose a, a, some sort of respect that had to do with trust. And now I'm back to square one. And all that you've built. But if you have trust, people, no matter what, through all your failures, are being like, will understand, hey, he's, he's, he's working hard. He's trustworthy. We got to work with him. I respect him. I trust him. He's going to get it done. Well, other people just walk into a room with this confidence and pride through the roof, like, I demand respect. For what? What have you proven to me that I should respect you? You, you, know, I need to, you need to show me. It's servant leadership, you know, in a sense. And I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of servant leadership. You know, when I'm here, I'm here as a leader, but also I'm here to serve. And it is very important. Um, and I'm not trying to get, make that term like, you know, use it loosely. I'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm serving as a leader. I'm not a leader where I am in charge and everyone needs to respect me because I'm a leader. I serve. I, 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 I make sure that I'm all constantly learning and those above me and those um, that have taught me and that have uh, more experience, I learn and I, and I sit back and I just listen and learn and then I'm now a student again. And when you're a leader, you're a student. Um, and so I'm a big follower of that whole idea of servant leadership and I think that's huge. Our, our, our third guest, which is probably our most well-known guest, um, was uh, Coach Steve Fairchild, which NFL coaching experience, college coaching experience, um, you know, relevance to where we, to where I live now. Um, he head coach, played quarterback at CSU, head coach of the entire program, um, coached a lot of incredible uh, players, and I think he was extremely humble and has that idea of. You could tell he was a servant leader when he was. Um, in when he was with the greatest show on turf, even though it was right after, um, he was still in the same room as those guys. And even though he's the coach of Kurt Warner, uh, Tory Holt, Isaac Bruce, he still learned from them as much as they learned from him. And I think that's what gained um, a lot of respect for him. And and um, I think a lot of it was the fact that he was he's diligent. He's been around the country. He's been around a lot of programs. I mean, he's been he's been let go. He's resigned. He's jumped around places. I mean, there's been he's been through so much in his coaching career to where he has not stopped. He's a grandfather. He has a he's a he's built a family. He's a like I said, he's he's a grandfather now, and now he has his own business, and he just wants to coach kids. And that's you know at, at his point in his life, I would expect, hey man, relax with your family. But Coach Fairchild has a deep, deep passion for coaching and impacting the game of football, and specifically quarterbacks, which is arguably the most important position in the game. He went. He goes internationally. I mean, he goes to to Europe um, and to coach to coach football. Talk about passion in a coach. He he exudes it, and that's why he has such an illustrious career. And and I think. Every guest you look at, they all talked about culture and accountability. And Coach Fairchild was no different. And I, I think when you talk about it at a professional level and you talk about them, he, he really highlighted something that I thought was meaningful to me because I'm going to call it what it is. Sometimes these professional athletes, they're they're on the pedestal so much that you think they take life for granted a little bit. They take their riches for granted a little bit. And not that all of them, you know, are making millions and millions. Sometimes though you look and you think, you know, 
geez, this person's complaining about the dumbest crap ever considering where they are in life. <clears throat> and one of the things that really stood out for me when he was highlighting what it was like to walk into the St. Louis Rams at that time, St. Louis Rams locker room. <laughs> and you have Orlando Pace there, Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, Tory Holt, Isaac Bruce, and the professionalism at which they carried themselves. And you are talking right there. Those players I mentioned were some of the highest paid players in the NFL at that time. Orlando Pace was the best left tackle in football. I, uh, Torrey Holt was early on in his in his uh, time with the Rams. Marshall Falk was one of the highest paid running backs in the NFL at that time. And for me, what stood out was how he highlighted the professionalism at which they approached it because it's their livelihood and the culture that Coach Martz uh, influenced there and the genius behind what he brought to the table. And then him also working with other coaches at, at different locations, whether it was, you know, the Chargers, the Bills, and and highlighting the expertise that it takes from from those people. We we know as we sit back, the NFL is supposed to be the best of the best. Now to hear it from someone that was there, to hear them highlight how impressed they were with the knowledge base, that is us now turning into society and looking at major organizations. You start hearing about Google or Amazon mm -hmm. and some of these organizations. And you, what do you hear from them? You hear two things. You hear about their innovation for progressing into the future and you hear about their culture. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to get them confused. I, I know it's one of those companies. They have like these little pod areas you can go to and take a nap. I think it's Google. Where you, I think Facebook has it too where you can go take a nap and a midday nap. I want to take a midday nap. Maybe I need to talk to to my city and say, "Hey, you know something? <laughs> we need a we need a resting pod here where I have snacks on the house and I get to take a nap for <laughs> for 20 minutes while while I'm working." Power nap and man, you know, underrated. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm being a little I'm being a little sarcastic, but almost not. You so you hear about it in our business world, things that separate them aside. Well, Coach Fairchild talked about the innovation that Coach Martz had in his offense. And those are some of the things that we look at. And I think sometimes we take for granted because some they make it look so easy. <laughs> it's not easy. On a Sunday, they make it look so easy. When you see the really good professional sports teams, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, whether it's soccer, um, you see a great golfer. The great golfers make it look so easy. Right. That swing looks fluid. There's power in the swing. And sometimes you look and you think, man, this, this person doesn't particularly look powerful. Well, the power is not all because they work out and they bench press 500 pounds and they squat a, a truck. <laughs> the power comes in the technique of the swing and how they utilize their body in full motion together. That is the key to that golf swing. And I think it's so important that in sports we see this. The greats make it look fluid and easy. And when we get into the business world, we need to take that same approach because that's and, and I know I'm going back and forth swapping from business to football and, and to other sports. But that's really what Coach Fairchild gave me in that in that synopsis that he went through. That's really what I took out of it is is that that the greats make it look easy and the rest of us sometimes feel like, oh, well, geez, can we not make it happen like that? Oh, no, we absolutely can. We can make it happen that way. And here's how we've got to be dedicated to a system 
we've got to be dedicated to the process and we've got to learn as we go. And I think we can all be great. We just have to be willing to put in the time and dedication. We have to be willing to put in, you know, the hours it takes. I mean, I'll tell you right now, all these, all these, uh, basketball players that can just drain threes all day long and warmups that you see on Twitter and Instagram, they do that because they take thousands of shots a day. Right. How many of you are in the gym taking a thousand basketball shots a day? I'm not. I can get out there and I can pop a couple three pointers. I'm not taking a thousand three pointers a day. And that's the thing that we have to focus on is they folk they focus on the little things to make them great. In business, are we focusing on the little things to make us great, or are we too worried about big picture splashes that are going to make us look awesome? Right. How do we become great day by day? That's really what was on my mind from that from that particular interview. Coach Mario Price, director of education of the uh, AFCA, uh, huge huge association, an important association, the American Football Coaches Association. Um, Coach Price was it was an honor to have him on. I, I'm, a, I'm first of all I'm a fan of his work <laughs> as well as on on Inside the Headset podcast. Um, and their work that they get, uh, that's, that's sort of what inspired personally me, um, was their podcast. We were at the AFC convention when we really put this podcast into, into, uh, fruition and, um, you know, having coach price agree to be on one of our, our second show was awesome. Coach, what, what sort of stood out to you in that interview, coach price having him on, um, and what was sort of the things that stood out to you in that conversation? Well, I like the fact that he was willing to be innovative. And this is, you know, the AFCA convention has been going on for years. And he had, you know, come in. It's already well established. And he took the opportunity to be innovative and bring the the on-the-field stuff. I really enjoyed the the on-the-field stuff. And to hear him talk about how that came to fruition was really cool. I, I spent... Uh, time downstairs going through uh, several of those presentations and for me to now talk to the man that helped make this happen i thought that was the coolest thing and the other the other thing that really stood out to me was hearing his journey and you know it's 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 kind of humbling for me because when we actually did that interview uh with with uh, coach price i was out here in cleveland at that time, because I had gone through the interview for my new for this role that I took now, mm-hmm. I was out here that weekend, and hearing him talk about how he had, you know, was was you know trying to have a family and so on and so forth, and he had the opportunity to return back home, and I was sitting here thinking, man, I'm sitting here and I, boy, I'm back at home right now doing this interview and stuff, and so who would have known it would have come full circle for me, but hearing his journey about college. And then how he got into the coaching realm. And then hearing from there, you know, one that really stood out to me in his story was talking about the the young player who was having some off-the-field troubles. Uh-huh. And how he wasn't necessarily able to bring that kid back to the program. However, he was able to help that kid uh, move, move on to another venture. And I want people to understand, whether whether you're a leader in the business world or a leader as a coach, Sometimes you might not be able to help them within your organization. Keep that in mind, though. Keep in mind what Coach Price did. Coach Price had connections elsewhere. He had abilities to help kids in other ways. 
and kids make mistakes. Adults make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Go to Twitter. Twitter is the land of judgment. Twitter is this um, great resource sometimes of getting news and information, and other times Twitter vilifies everybody. And Twitter is judgmental. Uh, in Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all these things, they can be judgmental of people in society and, and point out all the negative in the world, vilify someone, and make, make someone feel helpless and useless. And I think it's a neat opportunity when you can help influence someone who maybe even is no longer working with you or, or playing with you, and you can help them in another way. And that's what he was able to do uh, when he was in the coaching world. And I, I just, I really was drawn to that because that's servant leadership and that's, that's helping someone that needed the help and you had the ability to influence that and to help them uh, take a step forward in their life after they've identified that they've made some mistakes. Because make no mistake about it, we're all going to make a mistake. And are you going to sit there and judge everybody based on their mistakes? Or are you going to identify the mistake? You're going to digest it, talk with them about it, move forward, and help create a better a better movement as you take that step forward. So it, that was what really stood out to me. It's, um, it's amazing how he was able to distinguish and allow it to be distinct that we got to help this kid in life. Um, it's not about football anymore. Sometimes we run into coaches that, you know, it's football or nothing. And, um, you know, fo- football is the perfect metaphor for life. And when you have a coach that can realize that and understand that, okay, we can use this as a guidance, but sometimes it's not going to work. As a coach, am I just going to let him figure it out for himself? No. We're not, you know, we are coaches. We're not, I'm not a football coach. I'm not a baseball coach. I'm a coach. And that means in all sorts of facets of life. And um, I, I I appreciated learning that story and hearing him talk about it because it wasn't about football anymore. And I think Coach Price understood, hey, I have a role here and I have an opportunity here to help this kid in life. And, um, you know, making a tough decision to kick a kid off the team is tough. I'm sure there's some animosity there for a little bit, but for both of them to grow out of it and to both of them understand the the lessons needed um, to be a better person, be a better man in life, uh, Coach Price, you know, bar none. And yeah, I mean, you mentioned the innovative stuff. He's he's real. He's innovative. Um, he cares about coaching. He cares about the better um, to better the game. Um, I appreciated having Coach Price on. It was pretty exciting when he agreed to be on it. I think that was our first like. Whoa, we're in it. Like, this is huge. Um, so thank you again to Coach Price. Um, our first interview, and kind of leads us into our big topic here, and I know we've been rambling on so far, but um, that's what we do. That's what podcasts are for. It's to ramble a little bit. But um, our our first guest was uh, uh, Assistant Commissioner of CHASA, which is the High School Sports Association in Colorado, uh, Bert Borgman. And he was the first guest of this show. An amazing conversation to have with him, learned a lot, and it was at a time when we still were very unsure, maybe we thought we'd get an answer soon at that point, but it was very, very preliminary uh, stages of of figuring out how to attack this pandemic and how to make decisions and what decisions were going to be made for the student-athletes of this state. And at that point, they were putting together task forces. 
They were putting together, uh, changing some bylaws. Um, it was the first virtual meeting they had. And so I'm sure that was a little change in things um, for what they're used to. But, you know, Burt Borgman really, really brought in a lot of uh, new ideas and a lot of important points to the table. And him being our first guest at the time that we were dealing with, I mean, a lot has changed since June 1st when we had Coach on. It's been a little over two months since we had uh, uh, Burt Borgman on. I guess let's dive into the the changes that have happened. And, um, you know, at the time they were putting together a task force and that task force has met a lot to, to, to figure out how to handle uh, this pandemic and what the, what the next steps are. And it turns out for Colorado, all fall sports have been moved now to the spring. And there has now been an altered seasons for all sports really. And, um, you know, basketball and winter sports don't start until after the new year. So at least in Colorado, huge news drops down as well as no longer hybrid learning model. And now it's a fully remote learning model in terms of school and academics. And, um, it, it kind of, a lot, a lot's been going on in our, in our part of, uh, our part of the country over the past couple of days and specifically in our area in Colorado and big news nonetheless, but to me it's about calling an audible football term for you and being ready for that opportunity of, okay, football's in the spring. For me, I was bouncing through many scenarios in my head to get myself ready for what's going to happen. Now, I think that's important to kind of, you know, practice some scenarios in your head because it made me a little ready for when this decision was made. It was made close to when the season was supposed to start. So, you know, some scrambling has to be done now. But nonetheless, I feel more ready for it because I was preparing and I was sort of planning for what what could happen maybe maybe we have to play in a week you know i was expecting that hey they're allowing us to play and we're gonna have to come out and play in a couple weeks um i was ready for a spring season i was ready for a modified maybe starting later in the fall all sorts of different scenarios but big news nonetheless and 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 now we have to kind of look forward and not get caught up in the past but um, coach, you, you know, speak a little bit on the, what you heard from Colorado and then maybe even talk about how Ohio's doing things and, and what you've been experiencing uh, being back in Ohio the last couple of weeks. Well, the first thing I'll highlight is I want to stress, I, I don't know, and everyone has their judgment one way or the other. I don't know that there is a right answer for any of this. This is something we're all experiencing as a society. There's not a playbook for it. There's not a there's not a, a staff manual for this. I, I think Chassa tried to put a good foot forward and put together some experts who went through some particular scenarios to try to figure out how do we make this happen? How do we provide a safe environment for student athletes? And what do we do moving forward? Um, here, the Ohio High School Athletic Association did similar stuff. And I would say the the difference between the two states is Ohio is moving forward so far with having a football season. There are some tremendous protocols in place. Um, there are contact limits. There are uh, 
um, isolation. I shouldn't say isolation. There are uh, separation of workout pods that go together, making even smaller workout pods now. So that way they can identify who has hit what would be considered an exposure period. Um, Exposure period being X amount of time uh, with somebody who could have had the virus. And so there's been a lot of, a lot of changes there, uh, water breaks and sanitation periods. So there's a little bit less practice each day and there's a lot more with uh, sanitation and water simultaneously sanitizing all the equipment and um, sanitizing um I'd say the footballs as well. That's been the interesting thing is sanitizing footballs, literally spraying down footballs during practice. And, you know, yeah, there's been a couple drops right after sanitation period as that ball just slides right <laughs> through someone's hands. And, you know, each, each person having their own water bottle, kind of similar to summer workouts. I can't tell you whether, whether, you know, Colorado or Ohio, either state is doing the right thing. Um, there is, you know, it's, it's not my place to say whether it's right or wrong. It's my place to say, how do I follow the guidelines wherever I am? And, you know, my concern for moving seasons is obviously when you start getting senior athletes who are trying to get scholarships. And when you also have, if you have a junior, you move to spring season, you have a junior that tears their ACL. They just lost their senior year as well. And that's obviously burdensome. Um, But, of course, right now, we have a different health priority. Our health priority is COVID-19. So how do we keep them safe from that? So that's, you know, that's what Chasa was focused on right now. And out here, um, you know, they're they're making the good effort to go forward. I'm really curious if the MAC conference, MAC conference is out here in in the Midwest. It's kind of like Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, mm-hmm. uh, those states, uh, the MAC conference, uh, mid American conference just announced yesterday that they're moving their season to spring. So for a college to be doing that, I believe out in Colorado, uh, the Colorado area with Colorado and a couple other States, the RMAC is also moving their season to spring. So it makes me really curious if the MAC conference out here in this area of Ohio moving will influence anything from high school level here. And then I know there's some conversation going on in the Big Ten. There's there's a handful of schools in the Big Ten trying to talk the conference into moving to the spring, while there's four teams that are still pretty adamant about wanting a fall season. And justifiably so. The teams that want a fall season are all teams that if they move to spring, they're going to lose all their stars. Mm-hmm. You know, Ohio State's one of the teams. They're going to lose, you know, a couple receivers, their quarterback, a couple defensive players. They're going to lose all the stars of the team if they move to spring because nobody that's about to come out in the NFL draft is going to go play um, a spring season in college football. So a lot of really difficult decisions, and that's why I don't fault anyone for the decisions they make state by state. Uh, difficult things to work through, and I don't, I don't envy anyone that has to make the final call on whether to play a season or move a season. I don't envy them because that is a really challenging decision. And no matter what decision you you make, there's going to be a contingent of people against you and against the choice you make. And unfortunately in some, in some realms, these decisions are becoming extremely political and 
that's where it becomes even more challenging because I don't want the political ramifications. I'm about the student athletes. And if we have a season, how do we make it as safe as possible for student athletes? And if we choose not to have a season, how are we putting the student athletes uh, in the forefront of this? How are we protecting them by not having a season? And how are we helping them in moving forward um, for their, for their um, academics and, and potential collegiate sports? And then in the work environment, it's the same thing, coach. Same thing in the work environment. Are we providing the safest environment possible? What do we continue to learn each week? And how are we keeping the guests of our facilities safe? How are we keeping our workers safe? And it's it's an evolving situation right now. And, you know, standards change daily. Um, and and we're really we're really focused on on trying to trying to rebound from that. Obviously, you and I are in two different states right now. My state is currently still running. Your state is currently, you know, postponed until spring. So we're in a completely different realm uh, with this with this topic right now, living two different worlds. Uh, where's where's your mind at? You know, my biggest my biggest thing is I understand and I'm with you. I don't envy the people that make those decisions. I, it's an extremely challenging decision, as you said. At the same time, we need to be putting the right people in those positions in those positions because I think it hurts to just wait and wait and wait. And, you know, for someone in the position and I'm not speaking for like I know I'm just assuming and I'm, this is what I uh, this is what I believe. But I I think when you have someone that's worried about the repercussions of the decision being made, that's a time waster. Um, you need to have people in those roles that are willing and ready to make decisions and are understanding the repercussions that may or may not come from that decision being made. No decision makes everyone happy. No decision makes everyone upset. It's just important to understand that that's part of the game and and part of your job when you're a decision maker of that role. Sometimes I feel like the vetting process of people in certain roles has been come to has come to the surface over this uh, pandemic. I think we've seen that people that shouldn't be in roles uh, that have gotten away with being in roles. It's, it's shown the true colors when it comes to making big decisions. Like I said, this isn't easy. This is something that we've never really dealt with our, our, our lives. I mean, this is, this is pretty unprecedented what we're going through. At the same time, it's important to be ready. And I think in a lot of circumstances overall as a country, maybe even the world, um, we were unprepared. And that's what worries me about when these decisions need to be made is because it's damage control rather than solution driven. And I think it's important to be solution driven because you're, you're trying to figure it out rather than just trying to, oh my gosh, how are we going to control all this mess that's going on? Well, it's a mess. There's no, everyone's dealing with the mess. It's, it's who understands, okay, we're in a mess. How are we going to maneuver through it? And that's a solution driven part of things. I like being around people that are solution driven. I like being around servant leaders. And those are the types of people that I think are able to thrive the most in these types of scenarios. We are always going to deal with adverse times, whether it's this or something else that's not as difficult or more difficult than this pandemic. Nonetheless, it's important to be ready. You're ready for opportunity. Well, you also got to be ready for adversity at the same time and is extremely important um, to have the right people in place. When you have the wrong leaders in place, then it trickles down to the subordinates and then the entire culture is ruined and your strategy is wasted. Um, so 
I, I, that's, you know, when, and I'm not calling anybody out and I'm not saying any decision that was made is bad. I'm just saying some decisions that I've seen be made around the world and around the country could have been made sooner. And the waiting game is, I'm just wondering what, what was the wait for? Was it, was it fear? Was it, was it, I mean, was it uncertainty? Either way, as a leader in those roles, you have to understand that's part of the game and to wonder those things in the moment is honestly detrimental to the to the process of fixing it and being solution driven. You got to understand that's part of it, and um, that's that's how I feel about it. I think, like I said, they could you know they let us know a couple weeks in advance. Well, I was ready for a season if we had to play in a couple weeks. We're gonna we're gonna figure it out and be ready. I don't know if all people have that mentality. You know, I think some people would bow out and be like, eh, I don't know if I want to do this in two two weeks. Well, yeah, I know there's there's pros and cons to to doing it, but at least be ready. And like you said, your state is almost polar opposite than my state. I'm not going to say your state's right. I'm not going to say my state's right or vice versa. But I'm going to say that I live in Colorado, so I'm going to worry about what Colorado's doing. And you live in Ohio, and you're going to worry about what Ohio's doing. I'm not going to worry about, well, Ohio's playing football right now. Why can't we play football? That's not where my head's at. My head's well, at is I'm in Colorado, that's and that's what I need to focus on. And we're going to better our situation here with our guidelines and our state because that's the way we run it. It's a democracy. It goes down to it's not the president doesn't make decisions. It's the, the, the governors and the, the, the senators and the mayors and the and the county, all these people. They, it, it trickles down all the way to your county um, and to your freaking HOA, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so everyone gets to make those decisions. So we have to just worry about where we're, what we're a part of. And that's the hard part because so many people want to turn and look and say, "Oh, well, this state's doing it and that state's doing it. Why aren't we? Why aren't we doing it like they are?" It's a waste of time. That's a complaining. Yeah, it's a waste such of a time. Comparison going on. There's no need for that. I mean, it's our states are so different as it is. I mean, now it's it doesn't make any. And and if you look at each state's even more different when you look at the case numbers. I mean, yeah. how can each state operate the same when you got states like Florida and Colorado? Just compare those two, and you expect those two states to operate the same you just can't you just can't operate the same because of the way the the society is the way this culture is in colorado compared to florida the environment we live in compared to florida and then you look at the case numbers and you look at all these different things we can't do the same thing as florida let alone wyoming so it's extremely important to just know where you are and hey if you want if you want to do what ohio's doing then go move there you know like that's you know that's that's pretty much that if you if you like what the states do and you don't like what your state's doing we'll go move there oh i can't move well then you know the complaining isn't doing anything it's 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 a it's wasting time we need to be solution driven and figure out a way to make the decision and then when you make the decision live with it and if it's the wrong decision learn from it don't try to backtrack you know you make a bad decision oh well you live from it you learn from it hopefully you have a good support group that's not gonna ruin you for it and that goes by that's how the leaders operate. You know, if a leader makes a bad decision and he doesn't have the respect and trust of his subordinates, well, when things go tough, they're going to want to try and out that person. Sure. And it, when you have a strong leadership uh, from the top to bottom, well, when things get tough, they're going to support and help and be solution driven and want to make sure that their program, their city, their town, county, state thrives. And I'll tell you, coach. What I'll highlight there is that's where your drive comes into play. Mm -hmm. And that's where, whether it's a business organization, whether it's Chessa, whether it's OSHA here, 
whether it is a football team, basketball team, soccer team, golf team, band, um, or if it's a city organization, or if it's Google or Amazon, this is where you have to make organizational decisions based on your drive. And you have to be steadfast in that and know that you're not going to make the same decision that everyone else is going to make. And why, why we can't have people step up and just say, hey, this is how it is. You and I were highlighting earlier, you know, right now, the phrase everybody in the world seems to be using, I shouldn't say the world, everybody in this country anyway, seems to be using, whether it is dealing with social issues or whether it is dealing with uh, COVID-19 issues or decisions to cancel or move things, everyone is phrasing things out of an abundance of caution, out of an abundance of caution. And, and coach, I'm telling you right now, it, let's step up to the table as leaders and say, you know something, we have really examined the information and we have made the determination what we feel is best for our organization or, or our team at this time is a b and c can we please get rid of the abundance of caution on everything our our whole i mean because we could use this excuse until you know 2030 (laughs) um you know it's not out of an abundance of caution it's you're using that to make it seem milder than it is Mm -hmm. what when as leaders what we should be saying is hey you know something we've identified some concerns that we have as an organization and we feel the best way to keep our employees and our customers safe is this, or the best way to keep our coaches, administration, and our student athletes, most importantly, safe is to, is to go in this route. Spare me the political jargon of abundance of caution, and let's get to the point of what this really is. We've identified concerns, and we feel our best way to manage these is A, B, and C. We appreciate that other organizations feel X, Y, and Z may work best for them, and we we su- we support them in their journey to do that. We just don't feel it was the best decision for us. That's what I'm looking at. That's true. I mean, I feel like sometimes the abundance of caution term, and there's a lot of other terms that are used. You know, when I see it, when I see an email that's five sentences of abundance of caution we're working really hard to work through these tough times you know like that right there tells me that i'm not getting any any information out of this you know from the body from the body of there's not anything useful in there and i think we're not allowing people to be uncomfortable with the comfortable they want everyone to be comfortable comfortable all the time and i don't like that because that's not what this time is this time is uncomfortable and we have to learn how to maneuver it being uncomfortable and not with it you know we're working hard we're figuring it out i mean i get that everyone's working hard that's that that should be that should go without saying that's a given that's just we're working hard because none of us know what we're attacking exactly so like it's i feel like it's 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 a way to kind of a you know just to let you know if i'm telling you i'm working hard it's a character thing it means i'm probably not working hard and i want attention for it it's like some of the people in my and maybe i'm wrong by saying this but i don't like the people that go out and videotape giving um feeding the homeless you know i don't like the social media aspect of that why because I think people have always been kind hearts to feed the homeless without cameras. So why do you need a camera there? I think it's to benefit your own 
popularity, your own benefit there. And that's not helping the world there. And I think that's the whole, whole thing of, well, yeah, we're working hard. I don't need you to tell me that. I'm well aware you sh- that's a given. I don't need to go out and tell people, hey, every day I work my butt off. It, people should just know that of me and that I work mm-hmm. hard, you know? And, and so when I when pe- when they have to reiterate that i feel like maybe you're not working as hard as you tell me you are and then i just feel like i'm getting no answers from it so yeah it's we got to hear the truth and we got to hear hey I, we might not be doing it they're doing it but you know i i like some of the people i like some of the businesses that have stood their ground when it comes to some of the mask orders you know whether you agree or disagree with masks i appreciate those big businesses that have been cracking down and yeah you see it on video of people lashing out but i respect the fact that they you know what it's it's uncomfortable to tell someone to wear a mask when they don't want to but that's just kind of the world we live in and that's some of the orders that are put in place and if that's an order that's put in place well i'm gonna follow it and that's just me and if you're one that wants to fight it well we're different people but i come from a servant leadership i'm gonna lead based on what i'm served with and then i'm gonna serve that to uh the to who i can impact and that's the way i look at it and i just i just feel like it's a lot of beating around the bush where it's just tell me how it is tell me how it's going to be let me deal with the 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 adversity behind it and we're going to get through it and that's that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna whine and complain about how this state's doing it and that state's doing that and we'll look at them we'll look i can't control that i live in colorado this is what i can worry about and that's what i am going to worry about so until i'm in another place (laughs) <laughs> that's that's where my uh, feelings reside about here. I'm not worried about, well, this state's doing that, that state's doing that. We just have to come clean with what's going on, tell me what's going on, and if nothing's going on, well, I don't need the, well, we're working hard. Well, you should be working hard every day. Exactly. So, you know, exactly. I mean, it's 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 a tough time, but nonetheless, we're, we, we found a way to get through it, and we found a way to be timely. I know our endeavor and this this podcast business is is different than others but we 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 were timely we stayed on our our time from december 2019 was june 1st 2020 and that never changed and uh we we haven't missed a show yet and we've uh you've moved um we've had seasons get canceled um we've had we've been quarantined yet uh we found a way to get a new endeavor going and so that's just my example for how it, it is possible if you just put your head down and go, and sometimes you put that get that tunnel, you got to be able to turn on and off tunnel vision. You can't go 100% tunnel vision, but so people that are able to turn it on and off are, are super important. But um, I want to look ahead to what we got going on um, in the future for this show. Now, for us, we have separated it into six episodes or a quarter. And this is the end of our first quarter, and that's why we did a recap show, not only because of the timings of what we're dealing with in our world, but also because of how we want to segment our show out. And uh, coming up next on the next few shows is a whole new slew of guests and from a whole different type of environment. And uh, quarter two starts off with a bang. And we're going to start off quarter two with the chief of police from Four Collins, Colorado, Jeff Swoboda. So extremely excited to have uh, Chief Swoboda on the show. Can't wait to dive in deep on a brand new conversation. Talk about a leader from a different environment than what we've been a part of so far. So we're excited to start off with him. I mentioned the NOCO Football uh, League wanting to come on, talk a little bit about their goals and what they want to do for youth sports 
in this area. So, um, and it can really be applicable to um, really around the country and how important um, their message is. So, um, next quarter is going to start off huge and uh, can't wait to get it going. Right, Coach? I'm excited. And, you know, we're going to we're going to keep bringing leadership to the table always. And we're, we're really focused on going going out and finding some areas outside of sports as well. So I want our audience to know that because you can take sports, you can take business leadership and you can mix and match them and you can take the business world to sports. You can take the sports world to business and it just benefits everybody and it helps us all learn from different perspectives. We're fired up about it. Um, we're, we're looking at how we can stick together as a community of people to overcome COVID and how we can how we can help keep people safe and keep developing through this. So I'm fired up. I'm ready. I can't wait. And uh, I yeah, super excited to have uh, Chief of Police on from Fort Collins and and uh, really uh, broaden out our uh, horizons with with these leaders. You know, we've had coaches, we've had uh, directors, we've had uh, commissioners and. Um, now looking at chief of police and, uh, I think, um, there's relations in sports and, uh, leadership in the community, but uh, he is a, um, very well-respected man in, in his community. Um, I have heard him speak. You've worked with him a couple times, coach Chaddock. And, and, um, I, I, uh, I'm really excited to, to dive in and have a conversation with him. Super honored to have him on. So, um, the, you know, we're nowhere near done, folks. And uh, we appreciate you joining us for the first six episodes now. And um, we got so many more to go and so many guests planned. And uh, we cannot wait to bring them all to you. And it's just been a uh, it's been a great first quarter and can't wait to get quarter two underway and and get fall kicking off. We we had a we had a goal for a fall kickoff show, but that might have to be delayed to a little spring kickoff show now that football out here has been moved. And uh, um, but uh, nonetheless, um, look 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 uh, look out for those uh, details and info as we as we plan those uh, events out. But um, again, really appreciate you joining us on Third and Thirty Podcast. Check us out Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Third and Thirty Podcast. Throw us a shout. Let us know uh, what you're thinking. Um, let us know if we've helped you in any way shape or form we love to know uh if we were able to brighten your day or push you through a tough time because we know we're all dealing with it right now uh coach chaddock thank you so much for joining me as always from from ohio um i'll tell you it doesn't doesn't feel like you're any bit away from me that's for sure i get the pleasure of doing the podcast with you so it feels like you're just just a computer screen away i'm just down the street man you're just down the street so uh enjoy enjoy ohio um Keep on, keep on coaching. Enjoy, enjoy the season that you're able to have. Cherish it, because um, you know, as you know, there's there's people out that aren't able to uh, play football in the fall right now. So, um, you know, cherish that opportunity. I'm sure it's a, it's a real blessing, and um, enjoy that. You know, Nordonia is lucky to have you. So, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Um, that's Coach Jason Chaddock. My name is Coach Praveen Manchpragada, and this is the Third and Thirty Podcast.